Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, May 25th. This is episode number 151. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod, going okay, I guess. You know, talking to our guests tonight always puts a spring in my step. That's right. And uh, does the same thing for me, Jeff. So uh, <laughs> let's bring uh, let's bring Peter Jones in. Uh, follow Peter at the underscore IT underscore hedgehog. Uh, Peter, how are you this evening? I'm doing, doing okay, Rod. Thanks. And um, yeah, nice to talk to you as well, Jeff. And uh, always appreciate the compliments. I'll send you the 20 bucks. <laughs> Make sure it's 20 bucks <laughs> sterling, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, so yeah, guys, we're uh, like we were talking before we started recording. It is kind of a quiet period right now in the NFL, but uh, but um, OTAs today for the Browns. I don't know if I don't know if uh, what what all the other teams are doing, what their schedules are, but I, I assume pretty much everybody's doing something this week or or soon. But um, Browns have a few things going on, so uh, we have a couple things to talk about and. Uh, Certainly, always want to get Peter's uh, Peter's thoughts on some things from a little bit different perspective. So, uh, figure uh, we'll just uh, kind of go through a few things and see what we get into here. So, um, first thing is, of course, we've been waiting for days, weeks, months for uh, Jadavian Clowney to sign, and he finally finally signed with the Browns. So, so Jeff, let me go to you first. Uh, I don't think anybody was really surprised that he signed, but were you surprised by the deal? I, I, well, yeah, I think it's probably the worst kept secret in the NFL that <laughs> he was coming back. But yeah. um, the the deal, yeah, the deal surprised me. I mean, I, I I think it's pretty refreshing to see the Browns have a a top tier free agent. Um, take a discount to come here you know it's just not something we're used to seeing yeah so it's a um, nine 9.25 guaranteed and i guess up to 11 million with incentives and you compare that to some of the money some other guys are getting and it, it seems like a steal right now is yeah. what what do you think peter a pretty good deal for clowny I think it's a. I think it's. I think it's a great deal for the Browns. I mean, it's one of those deals where you know, a few years ago, when somebody reaches that ten million dollar a year mark, you kind of think, "Ooh, I'm not sure about that." But then, when you put it into perspective of today's market, and I think that ranks him. I think on an average per year basis, like the thirtieth highest paid edge player in the NFL, that kind mm-hmm. of region. When you put it in that perspective, that's a fantastic deal for the Browns. And, you know, you're getting back a guy that got, as you guys well know, nine sacks last year. And I think the other thing it does now is it puts the draft in the draft that the Browns had with the edge guys that they drafted. It puts that into a better perspective as well. Right. Because now, now you're not asking the, you know, the Alex Wrights and the Isaiah Thomases to come in and contribute as much as, as rookies. So I, th- I think that's a great deal. Yeah, and we're, we'll uh, we'll talk about the defensive line because I think this this signing, which we knew was going to happen, but I think it, you know, it gives us a new perspective on the defensive line. So so we'll talk about that here shortly. Um, I guess uh, I guess the next thing, which uh, which is kind of in the news because uh, David Njoku is not um, uh, was not present at, at the OTAs today. Um, because the, he's working on an extension with the Browns, um, a multi-year deal at uh, uh, purportedly $13 million a season. And we did touch on this on the last podcast, okay? But you, neither one of you guys was on the last podcast, so I'm going to bring it up again. And, and uh, like, I got my thoughts out. But I'm going to let you guys get your thoughts out. So, so Jeff, <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. But let's uh, let me uh, let me turn it over to you and and get your thoughts out on David Njoku and this 13 million per season and how you see this. Um, I'll, I'll just let you talk. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just go back to what Peter just said about you know how deals look when they're made versus how they look down the road. Um, 
13 million seems ridiculous right now. Um, I'm not sure what David Njoku has done on the field to earn that. Um, but I think that's just the economics of the NFL, you know, that um, for what is perceived to be a top tier tight end. And again, I, I question that he has actually earned that designation at this point in his career. Um, but to go out and replace a player of that ability um, is not a cheap thing now and is going to only get more expensive. So I'm sure that that's the reasoning behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I Again, I have, I have a real issue understanding why the Browns have so much confidence in him as a player. Um, I just haven't seen it on the field. But, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully this season we are completely surprised and, and you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it down the road if, if, you know, he wows us all and that deal starts to look like a steal in a season or two. Yeah, and I, I don't want anybody to get me wrong or you wrong or anybody else. I mean, we root for these guys. You know, we, we want nothing more than to see, you know, David and Joku go out there and have, you know, a thousand yards receiving and, and 12 touchdowns and just, yep. you know, just, just tear it up. You know, it'd be great. But um, I'm with you. I just don't feel like he has shown anywhere near, you know, uh, being a top tier tight end. And he's, and he's been here for five years. So right. um, so it is a little bit confusing. So I think this is a great spot to get Peter's uh, Peter's input. Um, I guess, you know, on, on first of all, Peter, on where you see David Njoku as a tight end in the league, you know, at this point in his career. I mean, where does he fit in? Because, you know, it, it just seems like there are guys who have done more who are signing contracts for less. So that that's one part of the question. Where do you see him in the league? And how surprised were you that the Browns didn't draft a tight end in this in this year's tight end class? Um, yes, yeah, so I start with the last question first. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised just because of how deep the tight end class was around the areas where the Browns had picks, you know, second. Mm-hmm. I know they traded away the second, but, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth. There was a. A whole range of tight ends in that area that would have been, you know, nice value in in that area. So I so I was surprised. I mean, I think that the Njoku thing is it's it's so difficult because this looks like a you're paying a guy on the basis of potential as much as production, and it's like you from the outside looking in, you're kind of feeling like this guy has has got it, but it just for whatever reason, you know, he's averaging about. 30 catches a year or so across his five-year career for the Browns. And you, mm. and you kind of, I say from the outside looking in, you kind of see a guy that you would think ought to be catching 50 or 60 balls a year. And, and, and so, the, you know, it's clearly not being paid for what he's previously done. And I, and, I, and I think the 13 million a year, which puts him, you know, right up there right now in terms of, or would put him right up there right now in kind of top five, top six, paid tight ends in the league that that's clearly a punt on what his future production is going to be it it might turn out you know depending on the length of this deal depending on what future tight ends start signing their contracts are because we we know with these things every contract that signed sets the latest market number doesn't it for a for a player for a for that position mm. so it might be the next tight end whoever it is that comes up similar to David and Joku might get a 14 million a year contract or a 15 million a year contract. And then in a year or two years time, the 13 million a year doesn't look so bad, but it, it's just kind of, it, it feels to me like it's a punt on future production that they're expecting to get a player that's going to catch 50 or 60 passes a year rather than 30 odd passes a year, which he caught in, in 2021. You know, Rod, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how David Njoku performs under the weight of a huge contract. Um, mm-hmm. You know how this fan base is. Um, you know, Austin Cooper, Austin Hooper, excuse me, got 
absolutely buried for not performing up to his contract. Um, and he got cut ultimately by the Browns or is in the process of being cut. Um, yeah. You know, from a purely production standpoint, there's really not a lot of difference between the two players. And No, no, the, it, I think, it wasn't that much different. Right. right. And, and I think when you look at, at where Njoku has been, the, you know, the fans have given him a pass based on the fact that he was a high draft choice and that he was still on a rookie deal and they could still explain away that potential, right? On around the basis of potential. So now yeah. that, you know, he, he gets a big contract, he has to go out and live up to it. Um, you know, what, what happens if he starts to or continues to come up small and big moments, which is, you know, how I've described him for five seasons. Um, I think this fan base getting on his back will be very difficult for him to handle. Um, and I, I'm just, I hope, you know, I hope he performs extremely well, like you said, but um, this just sort of has disaster written all over it potentially. Well, I, I agree with you just based on, you know, his, uh, his request to be traded, in, uh, you know, in the past and some other things that I, I think he's kind of an emotional type guy and, you know, and I'm yeah. not saying that's, you know, completely a terrible thing, but yeah, I think uh, he he might be the kind of guy that could, you know, could get upset if things don't go his way and people do start to, you know, get on him a little right. bit because of it. And it will be interesting to see how how the fans act toward him because yeah, he's you know he's getting an Austin Hooper contract. At, you know, as soon as this is done. Um, you know, at least similar, you know, I don't have Hooper's numbers in front of me, but, you know, it's it's going to be in the same type of ballpark um, as, as what Hooper had. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the expectations need to be the same. And, um, yeah, he's he's had five seasons. Uh, you know, everybody says, well, yeah, he's still 25. He's going to be 26 when the season starts. Great, but he's he's had five seasons. Um you know, sooner or later, you have to you have to be a veteran. I don't care how old you are. You know, he's getting paid like a veteran. Uh, you wonder if part of the reason for the contract is that they see him fitting in well with the offense with with Watson, too. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be a little. It's going to be a different offense. We don't know exactly what it's going to be, but you know, I mean, you hope all these things work out. And, and it turns out to be a good signing. I mean, I certainly don't have any reason to question the front office. You know, they've done a nice job. But this this one, it's, yeah, I mean, both uh, both tagging him and extending him at this point and not drafting a tight end, it all kind of, you know, has me questioning, you know, what they're doing. But, you know, I, I assume they know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess part of it's going to be is, you know, if it does turn out to be an average of 13 mil a year, how that contract is structured and how much of it's guaranteed. And, you know, yeah. is, there a, is there a point in that in, I don't know, two years time where they could easily get out of it, that kind of mm. thing. So, True. so, so we'll wait and see. But yeah, I mean, that's one that, that, you know, you'd put certainly put a question mark on. But, but, but I think you're right, Rod. I think at this point, given the moves that, Cleveland front office has made in the last couple of years, it's difficult to question them. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Jeff, did you get a chance to see any any of the video from from the uh, practice today at all? Uh, just some real small pieces of it. Yeah, I, I don't really know how much is out there, but I got you know I got to see Watson throwing and that, and I, you know he yeah. obviously looked pretty good. Um, there, there was one comment on one of the videos where where he threw to Amari Cooper, and I don't know. I commented to the guy who 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 made the comment. I said, if you if you made this up, you need to get a copyright for it because it was Deshaun Watson to Amari Cooper for a touchdown, and the guy wrote four plus two equals six. <laughs> <laughs> So let's hope um, we hope we see a lot of that. Hopefully we see a lot of it. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and th- those are the players' numbers for anybody that's that doesn't know yet. So Watson's four and Amari Cooper's number two. So um, you hate to have to explain it, but um, anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean he 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 looks good throwing the ball, um, but you would expect that out of him. So um, you know a lot it seems like a lot of positive things going around. Um, um, we'll just we have to we have to see what happens when the NFL. Um, wraps up their case and and uh comes out with their uh comes out with their uh punishment i guess which uh, which is supposed to happen before before the season starts apparently from what i'm hearing so um from what i've seen i i I would say i'm hearing if i had a source this is what i've seen okay (laughs) right yeah yeah so uh, so we don't know what to expect. Um, you know, I, I guess the Browns are probably going to pay the piper sooner or later. You know, um, they're going to be without Watson, I would think, at some point um, for for a number of games. And, you know, they're going to have to deal with it. So, um, hey, I don't know. Jeff, do you think do you think the Browns expected a suspension? Yeah. yeah when I they made this so. deal? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, that's why they went with. A lot of experience at the backup. Um, you know, they've got two two really high quality backups. I think. Um, so, yeah, what, whatever happens happens. I think you know we're going to see that that four to two for six combination for a lot of years and a lot of games. Um, you know, it just it may not be all of this season. Um, depending on, you know, what the timing is. But um, we, have to, we have to think long-term about the team that, you know, the Browns are putting together um, in terms of the success model. So, yeah, I, I don't think we can lose any sleep over what games everybody's going to play in because we all know that players miss games. And an extended suspension for, for Deshaun Watson uh, it's just something we're going to have to work ourselves through. Yeah, and you know, I, I think go ahead, Peter. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and I, I, you know, I think that you know nobody quite knows how this how this is going to play out. What you know, what I will say is, I think as we all should recognise that Watson is is one of the upper tier quarterbacks in this league. Now he hasn't played for a year. I've got all of that off the field stuff that I don't want to go into, but as a, as a as a player on the field, he's one of the upper tier quarterbacks in this league. And I think that I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that the NFL will look at this and his 2022 suspension, if one comes, will be shortened by the fact that he didn't play at all in 2021 and that they may regard some of that as, in inverted commas, a, a suspension. Hmm. Uh, and, and so it may not be as long nothing to base this on just been floating this around in my head that it may not be as long as it otherwise would have been. Yeah. And the Browns can hope for that. Um, you know, it would certainly be a good thing. And, you know, I, I also think it's, it's good if the suspension comes, you know, I, I'm sure the Browns would rather have this done and a suspension come at yeah. the beginning, starting at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah, I, I'm just having this loom through the season and not knowing when it was going to hit. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this, this is something that that the NFL will do before whatever, whatever it, it is. I'm sure they'll do it before the, before the season. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably enough talk about about that. Um, <laughs> that's a topic that just gets beat to death, guys. But uh, unfortunately, it's something that. Um, it's it's just a part of the Browns team this season, so it's something we're probably going to you know address here and there uh, week to week. So, uh, based on the information we have, so so uh, you know I, I want to look at some other positions and stuff here, but before we do, I'm we're going to go all the way back to the draft because I want to get Peter's thoughts on on how the Browns did. Um, I'm not I don't want to go pick by pick, but. Uh, um, Peter, I didn't give you any warning for this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I have the Browns draft in front of me. So, um, 
I don't know how much of this you know off the top of your head or if you have it available to you or if you just want me to ask you about some players. I, my, my, my goal here was kind of to talk about your favorite picks that the Browns made. Um, okay. Surprise picks, uh, you know, who you think is, is uh, you know, being, you know, underrated right now that the Browns took. Okay, well, let me let me start with the start with the the first one, because because I think that's a really nice pick, right? And and I and I know that there probably would have been some disappointed, perhaps inverted commas, Browns fans from trading down from the second round, because mm. because it, it probably felt like forever before the Browns actually made a pick in this draft. It was close. <laughs> it was almost forever. <laughs> um, but 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 I think with. With MJ Emerson, I think you've got a player who, who for me was right on that borderline of being a second or third round pick, and I think he's a, re- I think he's a really nice player. Um, there's some things that you, he's a little bit handsy and stuff. There's some things that you, that you don't like, but heck, you're getting a guy in the third round, so you're not getting a flawless Deion Sanders, you know. So, so there's always going to be things, but I think, I think, I think that's a nice pick. I think it was good value where they got him, and I know that, again, probably, and I'm kind of guessing here but I, I guess that some fans may have been surprised about picking a corner given yeah. only you know, about given, 99% of us <laughs> right okay <laughs> so you know so it's a given Denzel Ward and Newsom and, and and the other guys but I do believe in today's NFL that in essence you've got three starting corners now because because most teams are starting with three wide receivers so I think you're keeping more and more of these guys and and, and you know it's your fourth corner or your fifth corner are, are, are almost like your first reserves or second reserves on the depth chart. So, so it doesn't surprise me when you see teams keep six or even seven corners, you know, as part of their final 53. You can't have enough of these guys. I mean, beyond the quarterback position and the offensive tackle and edge, you know, corner is in that upper group of guys. So although it would have surprised a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that a team would continue to pick corners um so i think that i think that's a i think that's a nice pick i think the sneaky good pick could be david bell right because i really liked this guy so and i thought second third round guy and if he had more speed he would have been a first round pick right Mm -hmm. so that's the that's the the only knock on him as i'm sure you guys have discussed um yeah but the thing that i like about a, he gets open despite that lack of speed, and B, he dominates games, right? So this is a guy that in his 20-odd, 28, 29 games that he had for Purdue, he had, I think it's 1,700, 100-yard games. So he's a guy that dominates games, um, you know, a couple of 200-yard games. And I just think he's a sneaky receiver because people, to a degree, have written him off because of his lack of speed. It's just a guy that gets open. He gets open all the time. Just super, just, just super smart, productive. All of those good words that, that that you like. And I, I really like this guy. And I think, I think, particularly where you get him in the third round, love that pick. Absolutely, absolutely love that pick. Um, so, so Peter, who, who, um, who would you compare him to as an NFL player? Anybody comes to mind? I th- I was trying to think of a of a of a of a modern day one, and I could I couldn't I couldn't think of one. Um, you know, the, the kind of you, you, I think of, and, and it's not a great comparison because the sizes are not are not great. You know, Bell's bigger, but it, kind of a Steve Largent type receiver. Now I am showing my age, but mm-hmm. that type of that type <laughs> of guy that that. Looks like he's what we would say over here. I don't know if this translates very well. Looks like he's running in treacle, like, like his legs are going, but he's never getting anywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, that would be our description of how we would describe slow, what appear to be slow runners on 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 film over here. Yeah. But, but like large, he just gets open, Rod, and that, and that's just. Uh-huh. It's probably a really bad. It's a really bad physical comparison. I know it. I know it is. But it's that type of possession type of, receiver, you know, that yeah. that, and, and I'm sure that you know the listeners will come up with a hundred names of current players, but I can't think of one off the top off the top of my head. 
Well, if he plays anything like Steve Largent, we'll take well, it. Yeah, you take, half, you take half of Steve Largent's career. Half of him, yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, for, but yeah. for the listeners who don't know, Steve Largent was the uh, was the all-time yardage leader in receptions before Jerry Rice. And and just, just you know, it was just one of those guys that when you looked at Largent before he was on the field – he didn't look like a, you know, that he was going to be a dominating receiver, did he? He wasn't one of those guys that no. if you saw him run, oh yeah, you know, he takes the top off defenses, is this, is that, but he just got open all the time he and was made just it, good. And made and made every catch. Yeah, he was just a great yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent. Well, like Thanks. Yes, yeah, so like you say, if David Bell comes off anything half as good as Steve Largent, that would be a, um, wow. a, a great thing. Um, I guess the other one that I like that that may surprise you is 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 the edge guy out of Oklahoma Isaiah Thomas um and I and I thought that he would go higher than Alex Wright so it just goes to show what I know um, <laughs> um, well we're we're laughing with you Peter um, they're both on the Browns, so we really don't care where they got it sick yeah, now it, so. it, yeah it, it doesn't matter which 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 way around you got them you got them but I right I, I liked him as a, as a as a pass rusher. I know there was some off the field stuff, and that's probably why he fell further than I than I thought he thought he would. But I think where you got him in round seven, I think you're getting a, a guy that was kind of fourth roundish type of value all the way down there in, in round seven. So I so I you know again really really liked that pick. Um, and I guess the other one that may have surprised people. I don't know. Uh, you guys will, 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 will let me know. Would be the kicker. No problem. I've uh, no problem with that pick at all. I guess the only surprise was how high, how high, excuse me, how high that pick was. Um, but I guess if if you're going into the draft and deciding you want a kicker and that's your guy, then you take him before somebody else does. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. My only yeah. problem with that, Peter, was we we traded out of pick one eighteen. And then at 124, we took Cade York. And if we yeah. wanted him that badly, that bad. yeah. we should have just taken him at 118 and then used 124 on the tight end. There were great tight ends still sitting there for us, to your point earlier. Yeah. And that I think when we traded out of 118 and, and went with the kicker at, at 124, it took all the tight ends off the board for us. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how yeah. important is that fourth rounder for, you know, in 23? And that's what they got from Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have the tight end than Cade York, honestly. Right. So, yeah, so yeah I'm yeah. with you. With yeah. you, definitely. And I guess for, for me to throw a question back to you guys would be about the running back out of Cincinnati, Jerome Ford. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I like him. I really like him. And, and clearly he was, you know, one of the driving forces behind the great season, you know, the Bearcats had. But where does he fit? In this in this Browns roster, yeah, you want to answer, Jeff, or you want me to? Um, I, I mean, I'll I'll kind of recap what we've said yeah. on previous podcasts. Rod yeah. is that um, you know I think it, it has a lot to do with where the Browns see the running back room in a season or two, um, and you know the, who ends up being traded potentially or 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 released. Um, but my confusion on that pick was I, I, I thought we needed a, a more of a change of pace back. And to me, watching him um, on film, he looks a lot like Nick Chubb to me. Now, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but I don't see him filling the Kareem Hunt role. And that, that's kind of what I thought we were looking for in the draft. Um, I mean, I like, I like him a lot, but yeah. I'm just not sure that that's his profile. Yeah, and you feel yeah. like you feel like it. You know, he's obviously going to make the team. So it's him and Nick Chubb. Um, Kareem has one year left at what six six million, I think. Yeah. Um, Dearness Johnson is set to make two point one, I think, as a as a, a um, as an RFA who didn't get an offer. The Browns, I think, can um, they can cut him. <laughs> I, do, I think they can probably trade him. I'm not even sure what, of the rules with, with an RFA at this point. Maybe you can help me with that, Peter. But uh, but I don't see how you carry all of those guys this season. 
you know, there, there's not enough footballs to carry to carry all four of those guys on the 53-man roster. Um, and, and nobody's getting to the practice squad, I don't think. So, right. um, yeah. you know, so it, it's a little confusing. You, you kind of feel like like Dearness De- Johnson's probably not going to be on the team unless they decided to to trade Kareem Hunt, which would which everybody would just throw a fit in Cleveland. And I understand Kareem wants to be here. Um, he's he's different from all of the other backs. And you know, if you're trying to win now, I think you want Kareem on your team. He's also probably our most tradable asset right now. He probably, yeah, he probably is. So he's a guy you might be able to trade him for a defensive tackle. Uh, you know, if you want to try to fortify the defensive line even more. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I see Dearness Johnson still as the odd man out, even though he's he's probably he's probably going to end up getting cut and going off and and being, you know, part of a tandem somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to and, and to and to and to Jeff's point, yeah, I, I think the Ford comparison to Nick Chubb is not not a bad one at all. You know, very slightly smaller than Nick Chubb, but but very similar type of player, I would say. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that think, part confused me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they talk about him, you know, being a receiving back. He 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 didn't catch that many balls at UC. You know, he might have hands, but Nick Chubb does too. But he doesn't catch a lot of balls either. Right. You know, Kareem goes out there and catches balls. Um, Dearness Johnson's not a receiving back, um, or he hasn't been asked asked to be one. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, Dearness Johnson's going to be the odd man out. Um, I just, I think you if you're if you're making a serious run this year, I think you want. Kareem on the team, and I don't know. Um, I would think they'd be talking extension with Kareem, but they're probably waiting to see how other things play out with the other backs, too. I don't know. So, um, any other thoughts on the on the uh, draft? Yeah, line, I mean, I would, you know, I would say it's a, you know, it's a, it's a solid draft. I mean, Winfrey's a good player, particularly where you got him. All right, so I, so I thought he was a kind of Mid second round guy. Yeah, we wanted him at forty four. Right, and and he's well, and he's one of those guys that if you'd taken at forty four, I don't think anybody would have kind of batted an eyelid, you know, and said, "Oh, it's too high" or whatever. So, so I think, you know, for him to drop down into the fourth round, and if you still to be able to get him, a great value, but also a position of need. You know, you you can't grumble at that pick in, in any way. So I think generally, I mean, I'm not sure that. I'm not sure that I fully got the wide receiver pick in round six. Um, um, nobody did. Um, <laughs> but you know, clearly that was a player that 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 they liked. You know, I think this is another one of those deep wide receiver classes where where I guess once you get beyond the fifteenth or twentieth receiver, then it it comes down to what are you really, you know, what are you really like? What are you seeing in it in a player that another team's not seeing? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, generally, I mean, I don't know who else was left on the board to be fair when, when, you know, when Michael Woods was picked. Um, and, and so I might be speaking out of turn if we went back and looked at it, it might've been that, the you know, there was much of a choice that's that's unfair but but you know there were a lot of players of similar type of value at that point um it just yeah looking back at it now it just kind of feels like a little bit of a reach to me from a wide receiver standpoint peter he was one of the last off the board yeah you know there were a few guys in the seventh round that i would call long shots um kind of felt to me like they took a long shot in the sixth round. And I guess at the end of the day, there's probably nothing wrong with that. Once you, once you get to the sixth or seventh round, yeah. um, you know, how many of those guys either a make the roster or at the very least have long-term NFL careers. It's quite a short, you know, low percentage. So, yeah. Yeah. So, for sure. so I guess you kind of take a, a, a flyer down there at that, at that, you know, at that time in the, in the draft. So, yeah, but, but, you know, I think I think generally speaking, we've probably mentioned all of the draft picks. I guess the center in in, in round seventh, round seven. I guess that was a need. Um, 
Yeah. And and a guy that was a three year three year starter in college. So you know I think you can't grumble about about that pick. So I, th- I think you know generally speaking, again from the outside looking in and not not really knowing necessarily who was left on the board at all the points the Browns picked, it looks very solid to me. So Peter, you and I haven't really spoken since the draft. Um, I think the Packers had an exceptional draft um, with some some really really good draft capital. Um, kind of curious how you think the the Packers draft stacks up with the Browns draft from this perspective. Um, obviously, completely different scenarios in terms of of where the picks were. But if you look at the top five picks, um, Packers had 22, 28, 34, 92, and 132. The Browns had 68, 78, 99, 108, and 124. So so five picks in roughly the top 130. Um, Packers came away with, I think, some, some nice name players. Um, the two defensive guys from Georgia a uh, couple of receivers I was absolutely in love with um, and an offensive yeah. lineman. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I'd like your thoughts on from, you know, if you're a general manager and you're, you're sitting there with, with that kind of capital, um, do you feel like the Packers got enough extra value out of those high picks versus what the Browns were able to do with their first five picks in in this draft, knowing how middle heavy this draft was. And, you know, do you see those those players being that much more impactful, you know, in the coming seasons? Yeah, I th- I, I, so I think that the I think the Packers got tremendous value later in the draft. I think they got really good value later in the draft. There were some guys that dropped that, you know, I thought shouldn't have dropped as far as they did. I think early on, it was quite a strange draft for the Packers. So, you know, they went into this draft desperate for for a wide receiver, right? And when they got to pick at 22, the first six were off the board. So the six that everybody thought would probably go in the first round, whatever order, had all gone by the time the Packers picked at 22. Right. And, and, and I think that that certainly, if if Quay Walker wasn't the original first choice, that made their mind up to go that route. Now, I'm not, I wasn't sure at the time about the value of Walker, because I think he probably would have been there in the second round, but whether he would have dropped to the Packers pick at, what was it, 53 in the second round, who knows? So, so they obviously zeroed in on that guy and... They like him as a great, he's a great athlete, and all and all that good stuff. So, so no problem with that pick when you couple it with the Devonte Wyatt pick, the second number one. I probably would have expected those guys to have got in the opposite order, but heck, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. Um, I, I think then when they got to to the second round, this is where it all started. What happened on day one drove them to what they did on day two, and that was to give up the two second round picks they had to. To, to move up and get and get Walker uh, Christian Watson sorry right. and, yeah. and Watson was one of those strange ones right so so if if somebody had picked Watson at if the Packers had picked him at 28 for example right at the end of the first round we'd have probably said yeah maybe a little bit of a reach but that's okay mm. if he'd have dropped to the end of the second round would have probably said yeah that's that's a good pick he was one of those guys where it was really difficult to work out where he would go in this draft. And clearly once the Packers hadn't taken a wide receiver in on day one, they were forced to have to make that pick. You know, they clearly liked the player, but they couldn't take the risk that he would fall further down the second round, which he, prob- which he probably wouldn't. Um, so I think they got, they got a nice pick there. I think he's going to take a bunch of time to be a dominating if if he ever is a dom who knows but it's going to take a bunch of time to get up to speed if you like at the pro level um but then i think when you when you got beyond that pick and you got to the next two guys i think they got really good value i think sean ryan comes in and starts probably immediately at guard uh, and and um i think romeo dubs may well start on day one 
Mm-hmm. So, so, mm-hmm. so I, th- I think he's got as good a chance to start on day one probably as Christian Watson has. Right. His, ceiling, his ceiling probably isn't as, you know, ceiling probably isn't as high as the years go on because Watson's that great athlete, six four, you know, four point three six speed and all and all of that good stuff. But as a guy who's pro ready, I think that Dubs is probably that guy. Yeah. So, um, to answer, I've answered your question in a long way, Jeff. <laughs> I, 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 I guess because after the first pick that I was definitely surprised about when it happened on, on, on the day, I think as the Packers draft went on, I think I got more and more excited about it. And by, and by the end of it, I came away looking at it, thinking the Packers have probably had their best draft in a number of years. Yeah. Um, because I think there's players in there that are going to come in and contribute and start on day one. And when you've got a team that's been, you know, it's a 13 win team for the, each of the last three years. And you still think there's players that are going to come in and add something and start on day one. I think that can, that can only be a, a good thing. Right. Now, having said, having said all that, we'll probably sit here a year from now thinking what on earth happened with that draft then? Because <laughs> 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 we know how that goes. Right. Yeah. But, but, well, I was uh, excited for you, Peter, and I was excited for Aaron Rodgers getting those two <laughs> wide receivers. And and I know it could take them time to to develop, but yeah, I mean those those two guys, if they would have come to the Browns, I would I would have been thrilled. I mean, but but yeah, definitely excited. Um, you know, to see to see some talent go there at wide receiver. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's a long time coming. It, it 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 really is, and it, and it will be interesting. Like all of these situations are now that he doesn't have Devonte Adams, whether he spreads the ball around more than he ever has. Because he, he has to. to. Because he has to. Yeah. yeah. Right. He doesn't have a guy who's going to catch it yeah. no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So um. So um. Yeah, guys, let's go back to uh, defensive line because uh, Jadavian Clowney signs and the defensive line looks totally different. Um, the Browns are still kind of uh, weak at defensive tackle. You know, nobody's really even um, nobody's really even um, talking or, or giving any credit to Perry on Winfrey, and I understand he's a rookie, but uh, man, he's coming in with a lot of attitude. Um, and, Jeff, do you think he's going to start day one? First week of the season, do you expect Perry and Winfrey to be the start, one of the starting defensive tackles? Well, you know, like Peter said earlier, I would have been completely thrilled if the, if the Browns drafted him with their first pick in the draft at number 44. Uh, yeah. I thought he was, I had thought he was that good. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah, when you, when you think you can take a guy that high, you, you expect him to come in and start. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, you know, by virtue of the fact that he fell to the fourth round, I think the expectations are significantly less. If he doesn't win a starting job, um, I, I think he will by the end of the season, for sure. Um, you know, unless one of those guys that's been here for a couple or three seasons, you know, just all of a sudden takes a huge next step. Um, and, and keeps Perry and Winfrey on the bench. Um, I don't think it should be that awfully hard for him to win a starting job um, based on, you know, what we've got in the middle right now. So, you know, yeah, unless we, you know, we, unless we bring in Ndamukong Sue or, you know, somebody who's sort of guaranteed a starting job, um, I, yeah. would, I would fully expect that he'll be starting, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I just keep thinking, and, and uh, you know, the Browns have uh, the Browns have some good um, they have some good edge guys now. You know, uh, beyond I, I think they're they're guys beyond uh, Clowney and and Miles who are who are now not none of these guys are going to be forced to start. They can either come in and be you know a designated rusher, you know, a pass rusher or um, you know, or, or just rotational guys. Um, how likely do you think it is this season if the Browns don't, um, you know, if they don't sign Sue or somebody like this? Um, there, there's still a couple other guys out there. How likely is it that we see, you know, um, Miles and Clowney slide to the inside more often, and we see, 
you know, somebody else come in to play that defensive end spot. So, so we have four guys out there, but three of them are defensive ends. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of that. Like we did last year with tack McKinley. I think that's what chase Winovich was brought here to do. Um, and he may, he may thrive in that. Um, you know, he, he has put statements out there that he's really looking forward to the opportunities this year. So I think he's going to be that, that number three guy um, in those sort of designated pass rushing situations. Um, but to your earlier point, having all that young depth behind these guys, um, you know, certainly gives Joe Woods a lot of options um, in terms of spelling those starters. Um, so, and it, it doesn't put a lot of pressure on those young guys, like Peter said earlier, you know, to, to take a lot of snaps. So, yeah, I think we're probably going to see a lot of that situationally, um, which will alleviate some of the need for, you know, um, the big D, D tackles. But bottom line, we still need those guys on, you know, potentially first and, first and second down. And, and I'm not sure who's going to win those jobs, you know, um, early on. Yeah. Do, do you, so do you think it's possible the Browns carry more defensive ends, less defensive tackles this season, just based on the strength of the two positions? Um, I, I just yeah, don't know. I'm just trying yeah. to make sense of this roster. Right. You know, right. Um, yeah. and I mean, and, and obviously it can change. The composition can change, you know, as we go. The Browns can sign somebody else. Uh, they I, can I, make they can make roster moves at any point in time. I just don't think the Browns value the, the, the tackle position that highly, you know, um, in terms of, of being able to to put pressure on the passer. Um, and, you know, I. The way our defense is structured, I think, you know, we rely on our defensive backs and and our and our defensive ends. And and that's yeah. where all of our all of our capital is. That's where all of our money is. Um, so, you know, the the, the D tackle and linebacker positions just sort of become secondary on the field and yeah. um, or not as important, you know, so. Um, yeah, I, I still think we need a veteran defensive tackle. It would be nice to see that. Um, but you know, if we went into it, like, like, like we're looking at the roster today, I, I don't, I don't think that would surprise me a great deal. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm just wondering if the Browns would go like, you know, four DTs and, uh, you know, five defensive ends or something like that. Yeah. Potentially. You know? I could see it because why waste a roster spot with a defensive tackle that you don't even like? You right. know, if you can carry a, a, a defensive end that you see as a guy you can develop, you know, right. over yeah. the next couple of years. Yeah. So, um, thought, thoughts on that, Peter? Yeah, I mean, I, I I just pulled up the Browns depth chart so as not to embarrass myself too much. <laughs> and and um, the, the first, I, I, I saw a defensive tackle by the name of Perry. And immediately thought it was Michael Dean Perry. <laughs> and we wish, yeah. <laughs> we would, yeah, one guy we could bring back from the past <laughs> might be Michael Dean Perry right now. Yeah. Um, but he'd, be, I, he'd be on the list. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think you. I, I mean, I think you're probably right. I mean, just looking at at those at those players, it looks like that's ripe for keeping five defensive ends and four defensive tackles, and and and, and you could certainly see at least one of those defensive ends playing inside, you know, on passing downs, you know, like, mm-hmm. like Jeff said, you know, Winovich mm-hmm. coming in on, on those, on those passing downs. So yeah, I tend to agree totally with what you guys have just said. Yeah. So, um, so Peter, I wanted to get, uh, Jeff and I have kind of beat up the, the wide receiver room, but I wanted to get your thoughts on the wide receiver room because You've been through this in, in Green Bay. The Browns, uh, you know, the Browns wide receiver room has been, you know, it changes every season. Uh, you know, we, we think we get some talent in. Uh, sometimes it looks good. You know, it, it looked great at the beginning of last season. You know, everybody thought, wow, this wide receiver room is going to be great. And then the stuff with OBJ and now Jarvis Landry's gone. And 
you know, but um, but the Browns have have Amari Cooper. Um, they've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, and you know, and, and uh, after that, it kind of kind of drops off a little bit to some younger guys and some draft picks. Um, you've been through this in Green Bay, where where you've got a quarterback that that you like uh, as a player, um, and we'll just leave it at that for both guys. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, um, you, you know, um, then you're, then you're at a point with wide receivers where either you're helping him, you're not helping him. You're, you're either, uh, relying on him to kind of work with what he has, or you're expecting the wide receivers to play well for him or you're expecting that he is going to elevate the play of the wide receivers. How should the Browns fans be looking at this right now with this wide receiver group? Because there's really not a whole lot, um, you know, to be guaranteed beyond Amari Cooper. I mean, I, I think I think most of us like Donovan Peoples-Jones, but he he's not exactly a proven player yet at this point either. Yeah, it's a great question, and of course, it, it it takes us all the way back to David and Joku as well, and mm. you know how much he may need to step up um, to be to be the second receiver, if you like, um, on 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 this offense. But I, but I, I but I don't think I don't think Browns fans or anybody should un- underestimate how good Amari Cooper is, right? So I think the Browns got him for a fifth round pick. Is that right? Um, but- Fifth, yeah. well, yeah. What they do, Jeff? Trade, traded fifths, right? Fifth, yeah. Fifths, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, not much. A yeah. Pocket full of change, basically. Yeah. Yeah. A- pretty a- much. Ab- absolute steal for a guy that's got five one thousand yard receiving seasons. Now I know, I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. We have more thousand yard receiving seasons these days because we pass a lot more on all of that. But even so, this is one of the. You know, he's he's right up there in, in in the group of very very good wide receivers in in this league, and I think he's a guy that's easily overlooked, and I don't I don't know why, right? And, and maybe he doesn't make as many spectacular plays as some other receivers make or whatever, but I don't really understand why he doesn't get more recognition than than he does, you know, and. I think I think that Cooper's a, a super player, and I think he's probably better than most people realize and and give him credit for. And I think that when you've got that dominant wide receiver one, I think that just opens it up for the for the, for the other guys. And I think that, as I said earlier, I kind of gushing on David Bell because I think again he's a lot better than people potentially give him credit for because they've got this four six five or whatever the number was 40 time in their heads about david bell he's much better than that um and i I think that if you're getting um you know the deshaun watson of two years ago or the last time he was he was on the field you're upgrading that position as well right and, I'm, and that's not that's not a knock on Baker or anything or anything like that. It's it's just saying Deshaun Watson's in that in that group. You know, two years ago was in that group of the top four or five quarterbacks in this league because he absolutely was. If mm-hmm. you're getting that player, then I think he's going to raise the level of all of those receivers anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's you know yeah you'd like a you know you'd like a a second guy or another guy on there, but I think you know. Going, alluding back to the Packers, if you like, or going back to the Packers, I think they've proved that you don't need to have a dominant second wide receiver hmm. because the second receiver after Devontae Adams is was Alan Lazard, you know, nice player and, and, all, and all of that stuff. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, you know, but those are 35, 40 catch a season yeah. guys. They're not 60, 70 catch a season guys. Um, yeah, Devontae uh, Adams is also probably the best receiver in the game too well so. that, that yeah and so, absolutely and that and that and that helps you know he's right up there i guess with with coop with cooper cup and that 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 yeah, that yeah the two of them yeah definitely. yeah 
and that 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 absolutely helps of course no 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 question no question about that but I, but I also think it does it can lead to that tendency that we alluded to to perhaps not open the offense up as much as well um so i i i think i i think i'm higher on amari cooper probably than most people are because i think i think he's better than most people think he is and therefore i think that the I just think that that wide receiver group is probably slightly better than people think it is. So let me just kind of rephrase that question, okay? Um, <laughs> assuming that the Browns don't lose Deshaun Watson for an extended period of time this season, and that might be a big assumption. Um, when we look at the players on offense, do we have enough weapons now to open up this offense and start putting closer to 30 points on the board each game? Or do you still think this is a slogging, running, dink-dunk kind of an offense, um, at least in the short term? Um. So, so I think it, I think it's a I think it's a running offense that opens up as the season goes on, assuming Deshaun Watson is playing and gets more as he gets more and more time on the field and working with those receivers. I think it opens up more as the as the season goes on. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I don't know that you expect anybody to come in and. And uh, you, with, with all the new pieces and a new quarterback, I don't know that you expect any, anybody to come in and just score that many points right off the bat. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you never know. But uh, but yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, mean, I think the thi- yeah, I mean, I think the thing to remember with D- D- Deshaun Watson and I, and again, you know, I want to put that off the field stuff to, to one side. This is a guy that passed for nearly five thousand yards, very nearly five thousand yards in his last season. With, with the Texans and, 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 you know, the Texans were far from being a dominant team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not, not half the roster that the Browns have. So um, he, he had, you know, a nice receiver or two to throw to, but um, yeah. So uh, Peter, I did want to ask, uh, ask your thoughts on the undrafted free agent. Did, do you have any thoughts on Isaiah Weston that the Browns picked up? Do you know anything about him from Northern Iowa, 6'4", 210, and ran a nice 40? A lot of people have him making the roster already just based on his measurables. Hmm. I'm, 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 drawing a, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank, if I'm, re- if I'm really honest with you. That's okay. He was a UDFA. I don't, I don't expect you to, to know everybody, so that's okay. I just didn't know if maybe if, if, you, if you had a thought, so that's okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, guys, honestly, that's all I have. So, and we're we're come up. We've come up to about an hour. Uh, don't want to prolong things. Um, I think we've we've covered everything we want to. So, uh, so uh, Peter, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, uh, love hearing your your thoughts on the the players and and uh, you know getting the uh, you know just a, a perspective that I think you can bring that the Browns fans can't bring. So um, definitely appreciate it. Uh, what would you like to say to uh, to the listeners in closing? Well, firstly, you know, thank thanks Rod, thanks Jeff for having me on. As as always, just love coming on talking football with you guys. And um, yeah, it's great to talk a bit of, bit of Cleveland Browns. My my second team now, of course. Um, (laughs) um, I I think I think to Browns fans generally I would say I like the draft I think the addition or the re-signing of Clowney just just adds to that obviously it's going to be interesting to see what what happens with Njoku but but I think this this is a team that's assuming Watson isn't out the whole season I don't think he will be but assuming that he isn't uh, I I think this is a team that's that's going to bounce back from a slight down year last year. And this is a team on the way, on the way back up. That's what we're hoping for. 
So yeah. you can uh, you can follow Peter at the underscore it underscore hedgehog. Uh, Jeff, any words in closing tonight? Yeah, you know, Peter, in in our television market here in Cleveland, we get pretty much every Packers game. Um, <laughs> the, whether it's the four o'clock game or, or what, we get almost every Packers game, so we get to watch a lot of Packers. So, yeah. I thought uh, everybody, they, I thought everybody got every Packers game, Joe. That's probably the way, true. That's the way. That's it pretty works. close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, they might they might now be be our second team as well. So um, nothing would make us happier than a Browns Packers Super Bowl. Um, let, let's see if we can't make that happen. Let's make that prediction here and now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's hope so guys let's hope so it'd be great it would be great this has been the browns blitz and we will catch you next time